Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. <laughs> when you always love that list, I just love the questions. I don't walk right into that. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? That is Finnish Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You're Butler, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. Do some facts sometimes, Butler. Don't take my facts. <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Cinema podcast, but if he does, boo. Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it and decide whether it's worth a revisit, which we always decide it is. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I've heard better. Yeah, it wasn't my best. It was all right. okay, but we're going to keep it because we're all about the warts here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today, December, because I don't know what time this day is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> because I, when I was doing the notes, it was like, wow, this made a lot of money. We are going to be doing the 2008 animated kids feature, Bolt. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's made a lot of money. So let me get right into it and then we'll we'll, we'll get into the movie. So like I said, we're doing Bolt. It, it was released on November 21st, 2008. That is right before the Thanksgiving season that year. It is 96 minutes long, rated PG. Production budget of $150 million. It's opening weekend, it did $26 million. Domestic, $114 million. And worldwide, $310 million. So I'm sure it's made a lot more money on home video release. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. Kids movies always do that. I mean, this movie made money. It's not like, well, we did Monster House. That made money. Yeah. No, that's true. You're right. You're right. Movies that make money still can become forgotten over time. Absolutely. Uh, This movie was is starring uh, the voice talents of John Travolta as the lead Bolt, Miley Cyrus as Penny, Susie Essman as Mittens. Susie Essman, you may know from Kirby Enthusiasm. Uh, I assumed you knew who Miley Cyrus and John Travolta were, but if you didn't, John Travolta of Battlefield Earth fame, fame? Yes. of course, I know man animals. It's not good. Uh, Rhino by Mark Walton. Doctor Calico is Malcolm McDowell from Star Trek Generation. Everybody, right? yeah, Star Trek. I like it. Yeah, there you go. That's the only note I have here on Malcolm McDowell because I knew you would bring it up. <laughs> Did you have it in your notes? Just be honest. Did you I have had it in your notes? A couple the of the ribbon that was uh, down yeah, okay. on there. The director. There was a time when I wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> All right, enough. Then the boy. We are came. not doing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the role is the director. That's played by James Lipton. Uh, you people may know him from inside the actor studio. I think this was around the time where James Lipton like blew up everywhere. Like he was all over the place. And now, now they re rebooted inside the actor studio and it's just actors talking to each other. Like it's two actors, um, interviewing each other on stage in front of other actors. So I guess Lipton's Lipton's out or something like that. I don't know. What's, yeah. Actually, I think he, uh, didn't he like, uh, get in trouble for doing something. I don't know. Oh, did he? I can't remember. I thought he got sick. Oh, is that what happened? Oh, I could too be bad. wrong, too. That's too bad. It's all hearsay. And, <laughs> and the agent is played by Greg uh, German. Germain? German. German? I don't know. He's from Ally McBeal. Do you remember Ally McBeal? I do remember Ally McBeal. Do you remember her really boss that, in Ally McBeal? Wasn't that her boss? Yeah. Uh, I should see a picture of him real quick. I can't remember. Well, anyways, he plays the agent. Uh, directed, but while you're looking that up, I will continue. Directed by... Byron Howard and Chris Williams. Byron Howard directed Zootopia and Tangled, which uh, I think I like Tangled a lot, actually. And, and uh, it's better than Frozen. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Chris Williams directed Big Hero 6, which I like. I enjoy as well. And Moana, which my kids enjoy. Yeah, I, I think enjoy Moana well. is better than all of us. Oh, I don't know. I really like Moana. I, I will say this. I've only seen Moana once in the theaters, so I would have to see it again. I just I've seen Tangled quite a bit. I'd, I'd like have Tangled. to watch Tangled. Again. I know Zootopia has like a lot of like social um, strength behind it in terms of like what it's about and, and it's and it's it's source content and stuff like that. But I I don't know. I, I, I didn't love it as everyone else did. It was good, but it was kind of dark, too. It was a lot. It was a little dark and a yeah. little heady. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because okay we're going to get into that with this movie, too, because I had some notes about that. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, written by Dan Fogelman and Chris Williams as I uh, also uh, wrote as well. I'm and honestly, I believe there were a couple of the people that um did some like story touch ups and stuff like that. Uh, Fogelman is responsible for This Is Us, the TV show that everybody loves. I did not watch that show. I do not. Know. That's the one where you know what I'm talking. It's with My Mandy. Moore. It's with Mandy Moore. Yeah, right. there you go. He's also the uh, did Crazy Stupid Love, which I like. That's the James, uh, not James. Um, What's his name? Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell Ryan and Ryan, not Ryan Reynolds. No, not Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Man, we're old. We can't remember anybody. Emma Stone. <laughs> She's in it. There you go. Yeah, no, I got I you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and uh, he also he also wrote Tangled. Music by John Powell, who is, he did. He's done a ton of stuff. John Powell's really good. I like he's John done a Powell. ton of stuff. I only have a couple things highlighted, like Solo. He did. I know that John Williams was probably they used his arrangements, right? They used parts of his arrangements, yeah. and he did the. <clears throat> Uh, John Williams did the theme song, Ho- Solo's quote unquote hero theme. Yeah. And then John Powell did yeah, the rest. So, and he's done a ton of stuff and look him up. Um, but I've got like, how, he did all the How to Train Your Dragons. He's done a lot of, of the animated stuff. That's fine. Yeah. No, 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 no not, that's not a knock. Yeah. Cinematography was Scott Beatty. Um, <laughs> he did Predator, <laughs> but he also, he, he's done a ton of stuff too, but he, I put it down here because we did this movie. He was the visual effects DP for Reign of Fire. Really? Since that's a forgotten cinema movie, I thought, you know, hey, might as well put that in. back. Producer Clark Spencer. There are tons of other producers, but the one I highlight was Clark Spencer. He's responsible for Wreck-It Ralph, both one and two. Ralph Breaks the Internet and, uh, and a ton of other uh, kids' movies. So, uh, yeah. So that wraps up, like, the facts of the movie itself. Just kind of, like, where you to get a sense of when it came out. Like I said, it came out on the 21st of November 2008. That's the Friday before the holiday weekend. So that Wednesday is that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Um, you, but on that, excuse me, let me go back to the 21st. On that Friday, it went up against Twilight. The first one. And I guess the Polar Express had an IMAX release because since it has a kids movie, I wanted to put that in there. OK. Um, so 26 million. I mean, uh, Twilight's not really the same audience. So I guess that's that's an that's OK to go up against that. Right. But, yeah. But Twilight was big. Um, that Wednesday, which was the, like I was about to say before, is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You had four Christmases, Australia, Transporter 3 and Milk, four movies that really are not a c- competition to bolt in terms of kids. No, not at all. You're saying kids weren't rushing to see uh, Milk? Uh, no, I, uh, Milk's I, good, though. They should. A period drama? I, I don't, no, I, oh, Milk's not the period drama. Well, I mean, I guess it is because it takes place in the 70s in San Francisco. I don't really, refer, uh, I, I don't really refer to that as a... <laughs> when you say period drama, I think more of along the lines of Australia, which was like way back. When I think period drama, I mean, anytime you have to redress sets and... and which, you're I accurate. Mean, no, you're right. It's just not how I think of it. You're right. right. Absolutely. The week before uh, this movie came out, the 14th, was Quantum of Solace. Did you know that? Because you're a big Bond guy. I am a big Bond guy. But honestly, but that's, that. again, that's not, a, that's not a real competition. The only real competition to Bolt in terms of its demographic, which is kids, would be from the, on November 7th, which was Madagascar Escape to Africa. So that's like three weeks ahead of two weeks. So I like Madagascar. but it's- No, but I'm saying like a kids movie. You know, the kids right. movie around that time. I get you. This movie was nominated for a 2009 Academy Award for Best Animated Feature for the 2000. It's a 2008 movie, but it was a 2009 award season. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what it lost to? I always like doing this. What Pixar film came out? Well, I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> that's what won. <laughs> <laughs> that year, uh, would that have been Brave? No. God, Wally. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like Wally. Wally is a fantastic film. Um, yeah, and you know we'll get to the other stuff. First, uh, first film released on Blu-ray before the DVD. Did you know that? I did kind of know that because uh, my fiance was just talking about how she sold the Blu-ray and she was really sad about it because it was the first Blu-ray she ever bought. Oh, why would she sell the Blu-ray then? I don't. Did know. she not like the movie? No, we love the movie. Why'd she sell it? Times are tough. I think. At the, <laughs> I think at the time she was cleaning her room, so she had a whole bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays she didn't want anymore. I. Well, I actually watch this on Netflix because now I've gotten Roku lazy where I just grab the remote and I go bolts and it pops up. I'm like, exit. Let's go. I also watched it on it. But uh, I have I own the Blu-ray. I have it. So. Oh, that's really lazy. <laughs> I, I, well, I know. It's like right behind me. You got special like, features uh, you could have watched. I could have. But like I said, I got Roku lazy. That's I'm going to I'm going to coin that term. Uh, first Disney feature produced in 3D uh, in terms of like because like Chicken Little on the wild to meet the Robinses came out you might remember meet the robinsons from our other forgotten cinema episode oh, two callbacks two callbacks um but they were converted to 3d they were not conceived and produced in 3d um yeah that's it 
All right. I mean, there's other stuff, but we'll get to it. Uh, I have looked up Richard Fish. Excellent. Who is his uh, his character from Ally McBeal? Okay, uh, is that his boss? That's Greg the boss, Germans, right? Yeah, uh, character from Ally McBeal. Yeah, he is the boss. Okay, he's one of the founders of the law firm. Right. I only watched the first season because I don't know if you remember when it came out. When it first came out, everyone was like flipping out over the dancing baby stuff. And yes, that, oh that was God. The big oh, but I, I only watched the first season. I, I couldn't really stay with it. That's Harrison Ford's woman. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, indeed. Uh, so real quick before we dive into um, our thoughts and just our overall opinions about the movie, let me give you a quick plot summary, if I will. Go for it. Okay. So Bolt is, uh, uh, they call him an American white shepherd, and he is part of an action TV show called Bolt. Only Bolt, the dog doesn't realize that he's in a TV show. He thinks everything is real. and his his co co host, not co host, uh, the actress in the movie played by who's Penny is also the dog's owner. So it's kind of like a, a a joint deal. It's it's kind of really odd. It's like almost like Truman Show esque in terms of the dog. They don't want the dog to know that 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 is doesn't have superpowers because Bolt can like have lasers from his eyes. He has a powerful the you know bark that can you know destroy everything. He what's the other stuff he can do? He can run through walls. He's indestructible. He's really fast. Right, he's really fast. Yeah. So they shoot the show. They shoot these episodes, and he the dog thinks that he's just saving the day because every time Penny is captured, you know the dog's going after him. He's very protective of Penny. Yes. So what ends up happening is that uh, Bolt is there's a cliffhanger in the episode because they want to get more ratings, and they. Bolt sees Penny get kidnapped. Obviously, she's not being kidnapped, but he thinks she's being kidnapped. They take Bolt. Bolt charges out, uh, gets loose to try to find Penny, gets knocked out, and gets falls into a packing crate and gets sent to New York City. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he has to come from New York City all the way back to Hollywood to go rescue Penny. But in that time, he discovers that he's not a super superhero dog. That he's actually a TV dog, and and you know that it everything's a lie and that kind of stuff. So he has to kind of come to terms with who is he, if he's not really both that kind of thing. Right. And uh, yeah, we'll get into this stuff. That that's pretty much it. It's a, a, one of my notes to start off right off, right off the bat. It's like Homeward Bound meets the Truman show. I have the exact same. Well, I said Homeward Bound meets. Oh no. I said, it's just very reminiscent of Homeward Bound. Yeah. Although the beginning is very Truman show esque, especially when they go into the director's, um, studio and he's filming it all and he tells the studio executive why Bolt uh, yeah, needs yeah, to be there yeah. which I think was a, is a great little monologue thing you see a dog I see an animal who believes with every fiber of his being every fiber that the girl he loves is in mortal danger I see a depth of emotion on the face of that canine the likes of which has never been captured on screen before never Mindy from the network hmm we jump through hoops to make sure that Bolt believes everything is real. I kept every time we do a kids movie, I always come up against: Do I really nitpick this for the surrealism that's involved inside inside this animated feature? Because you know what I mean, or do I just accept the fact that it's a kids movie and you know this is what it is? And then I always come. I always go ahead. Go ahead. What are you gonna Animals say? speak, Mike. I mean, you've got to just. <laughs> Throw away your your belief. Well, you don't think animals talk to each other? You don't think dogs communicate to each other? I mean, you don't think they talk? I mean, I'm, maybe they don't no, say words, but their barks, yeah. their barks mean stuff. Oh, that's gross. But their, <laughs> but their barks mean something, right? Yeah. But, uh, but like, again, I always have this kind of like this dueling, uh, this dueling battle inside of just argument inside my head of what's the kids when we relax. But wait a minute. I've seen it done great. In other kids movies like Pixar films and stuff like that, sure. like you, uh, there you can't do it. So why? But do I need to expect that out of everything, or can't you know? Am I allowed to just enjoy a movie just being silly and funny and, and stupid and stuff like that? But the, I, the, all right, I agree with that. That's all. However, I, 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 yeah, it depends on the film. I think a film like you brought up Madagascar, if that's just funny and silly, and that that's doesn't have a ton of you know extra stuff to it, which is fine because mm-hmm. that's more kind of geared toward more Looney Tunes kind of esque. Right. And then you've got your Pixar esque. Well not necessarily made by Pixar, but like your Shreks, your your Hydrogen, your Dragons, your Bolts, your your Pixar films, where there's a little bit more to it. Yeah. One, as long as they're in one of those two categories and you can judge it accordingly. You can't look at Madagascar and go, this isn't like Toy Story. So then how do you 
Because how do you judge a kid's movie being bad or good then? If you're willing to give it slack, you know what I mean? Like if you're willing to understand that, okay, this movie is not for me because I am older. Right. I feel like maybe it's the amount of what's it trying to do for you? Right. Is it just all slapstick jokes? Is that what it's mainly trying to impart with a small lesson in there to make it a cohesive film? Right. Or is it trying to give you this lesson, this heart, um, this feeling, and then the jokes are just in there because it's a kid's movie and they want you to feel, you know, happy. Right. So I think it depends on the feeling that they're trying to give you. Whereas a film like Bull, I think is, is more about the feeling of, of, of the, the heart of the film, the, the emotion of the film. And the jokes are peppered out throughout that. But that's the focus of the film is the, this is the theme or the lesson or the heart. Whereas other films are just the focus is the comedy. Right. Well, to that point, um, this is one of the movies. This is one of the first films that John Lasseter kind of was part of when he became chief creative officer of Disney. Mm-hmm. He's no longer in that title. And he quoted, he said, quote, that the film's emotional center is both journey and personal evolution. It provokes in him. Do you believe, do you agree with that? Sure. I mean, we just talked about how it's Homer Bound versus Truman Show, with Truman Show, not versus. I don't know, because he goes out to New York and he ends up teaming up with Mittens, which I don't understand because how Mittens is terrorizing pigeons. Why don't the pigeons just fly away? I don't understand what the Mittens has against over these pigeons. Have you ever met a pigeon? They're lazy. They don't fly away. They just kind of hop. You're anti-pigeon? I I am not a huge (laughs) fan of pigeons. I really like the pigeons in this film. But overall, eh. well, this film, I, towards the end, like, so they had the pigeons in New York, which were stereotypical New York pigeons, you know, forget about it, all that stuff. And of course, the third one's always dumb. Again, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> then you had, then they, they had, they meet a couple other pigeons along the way. Uh, and they ha- have West Coast pigeons. Right. The and, then, and then the end, they have pigeons and they're like, they're always, the pigeons joke is like, he looks familiar. It's like, are we saying that all pigeons are dumb? This is like an anti-pigeon movie. Listen, are you pro-pigeon? I'm not pro or anti. I don't understand why this movie's like <laughs> against pigeons. I don't know. Listen, the uh, the New York pigeons were clever. <laughs> they just didn't get who Boat was. But, I mean, they got mittens pretty good. They got back at mittens. Oh, when they sent the dog after? I know, just yeah. the cat. <laughs> I need someone on the inside. Someone close to the green-eyed man. A cat. Oh. I find them. When I find them, I'm gonna make that cat wish you were never born. <laughs> I think we know just the cat. The one thing I liked with uh, Mittens is when they went to the trailer park. Um, when the the dogs doing oh, yeah. the dogs doing the puppy eyes, and everyone's like, "Oh!" And then the cat's cat, like, "Be this stupid yeah. cat!" <laughs> the pan at her. I thought that was funny. That 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 made that made me laugh. Um, but speaking of that. So I noticed in one of the credits uh, when I was watching the, uh, when I was listening to the song at the end, the Miley Cyrus and John Travolta song, uh, that uh, they had a look and lighting director. Did you notice that? So there was a look and lighting director. It was Adolf Lusinski. uh, And uh, apparently him, and I don't know if it was him and the other producers or the director, but he traveled to real life locations to study the light. So like he went to trailer parks. He went to, you know, stuff in the movie that you see to study how the light reflected or react, how it looked, the look of everything okay. in real life in order to help shape the look of the movie. And they also, uh, I'll get there. Yep. They also said that a lot of the look of the film is inspired by the paintings of Edward Hopper films from the seventies, like Gordon Wills films and stuff like that. And I read the notes. I read that. I wrote it down and I'm remembering back to the movie and I'm like, uh, I didn't get that at all. Like, I didn't get any of that. The painting stuff I get because they almost have painted backdrops in a couple of places, which I noted. Like when they look out at um, Hollywood, um, when they're standing on top of the hill and uh, there's another scene during their their montage while they're traveling the country that has a backdrop as well. I'm like, that's a painted backdrop, which okay. I thought was interesting. And I thought worked well for the cartooniness of it. Uh, I saw that they, they added brushstrokes to the animation. Yes. Like to, to kind of make it. F- like you said, like this is a movie that's digitally uh, put together, mm-hmm. but it's also they did a lot more hand drawn stuff in this movie. And I don't know. It's just I mean, this is from 2008. So you're talking 11 years ago, maybe. I mean, 
maybe they were just trying to like mix a, a blend of old and new kind of thing. Cause I mean, it's possible. I'd have to think about, I'd have to see like movies now animated if they're doing that at all, or maybe there's just the technology got better and that kind of thing. So you don't have to worry about that. That's one thing I noticed in this movie is, is, you know, watching it, I was at the beginning, I was like, yeah, this is a little, you can already tell, like it, it looks all right, but it, like, it's not quite as rough as meet the Robinsons. Mm-hmm. There's the animation, but the animation is still like, oh man, that's dated. Like video games are pretty much catching up to the, right. what bulk can do. Although then in the trailer park, you mentioned the lighting. That was the first time I did notice on uh, the individual hairs on both um, Bolt and uh, Whiskers or Mittens, rather. Whiskers. Uh, whiskers Who's Whiskers? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so on Bolt and Mittens, I noticed the the hair. Which I was like, oh, that's really well detailed. But the rest is a little, you know, right. not quite up to what would be shown nowadays. Right. Which is just a product of the time. That's what it is. Now, did you like this movie? I like Bolt quite a bit. Okay. You liked it. More like the last time you saw it was when it came out. Yes. So you've always liked it. So I've watching it again didn't really have an issue with you. Other than the animation being a little less than. Mm-hmm. No, I had no issue. I mean, okay. I haven't seen it since it came out. Right. So, you know, the jokes were kind of still new to me. I still remember most of the movie. I remember, you know, the plot and general stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the jokes still landed. I still enjoyed the heart of the movie. I think. I'm a big dog person, so I get that connection between a person and its dog, and I think that's a really sweet story, and you know that'll always be something that connects to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do enjoy Bolt. Okay, and I was surprised at how much, like how much I laughed at a lot of the stuff in the film, especially you know the mitten scene, but also a lot of the stupid stuff Rhino says for some reason I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Rhino was good when Bolt goes into the at the end when the when the fire's happening and the and the hamster goes in there to to hold up the beam. He's oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, today's a good, good day to die." Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was good. That was that was he he was funny. So, see, so since you're a dog person, as yes. you say, did you believe? Did you agree with Mitten's hot take about how cats just have dog complexes? I did like that. I did like that. <laughs> I was, when when basically Mitten says. You know, you want to know the secret about, you know, cats hate dogs because they just want to be dogs. And I'm like, oh, man, the cat community is not going to like that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of maybe, I mean, I liked that take, but it's not true. Cats no. just don't care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, they don't have dog complexes. They got no complexes. <laughs> they got God complexes. <laughs> I, I can agree with that, even though I'm allergic to cats. So uh, we'll never have cats here at the field household. So and that's a. Uh, that's a source of some uh, distress for my wife because she loves cats. No, I'm not now. getting shots to have a cat. Listen, you need more animals. No, we, I've got enough here. So Mike doesn't have enough animals. We have enough. We have enough. Trust us. Trust me. 40 dogs, 90 <laughs> rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of things, because not just there's, I wanted to talk about, because um, I mentioned like Homer Bound meets Truman Show, but I had, a, there was a lot of other things that I kept thinking of. Especially in terms of like what this reference, not references, but what this felt very similar to. Okay. And I don't know if you, you, I know you picked up on this, but like the show itself, it's like, it's almost like Inspector Gadget. Oh, I, except without Gadget. Named Penny. Her name's Penny. She has has a dog that helps her out. And Dr. Dr. Calico could be Dr. Claw. Absolutely. (laughs) No, uh, no. And he's got a cat. Yeah. But, and then I started thinking. Why have we not rebooted Inspector Gadget as a t- as a movie? I don't need the Matthew Broderick one. I was going to say we're because good. the, or the French Stewart one was like, re- yeah. we're all no, right. No. We could do, but we could do an animated. Why can't there be a movie? There absolutely could be an Inspector Gadget. Movie. There's probably one in the works. But the other thing I kept thinking about, not just with the Truman Show in terms of like when they were like um, trying to hide the cameras and stuff like that, and trying to get, the, I kept thinking of Bowfinger <laughs> when they were chasing, when they were driving and chasing after Eddie Murphy's oh. <laughs> care. Yeah. And they're like, don't let him see you. And they're in the big tree and they're in the big, um, uh, what is that? The telephone truck. Yeah. 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 No, I kept thinking of Bowfinger too. So that's probably, that's not a movie that kids need to go see right now. It's a little Brits radar, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, but Inspector Gadget, I thought I, you know, that was one that I kept when I was like, Oh my God, her name is Penny. How can I pick this up? Yeah. The first time I saw Absolutely. it. Yeah. It's um Inspector Gadget reference. I also thought, and it's probably because it's Disney and the animation style is similar, but I thought a lot of the action scenes were very reminiscent of uh, Incredibles as well. Well, Incredibles is the same. Is the year before? Incredibles uh, is before Wally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. So originally, did you know that this was a this was going to be a completely different movie? This was not. Um, it was not originally called Bolt. It was called American Dog. Did you hear about that? I did not. All right. 
Let me just get my note that for some reason has disappeared from my screen. Break it down for me. <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Please hold. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Okay. So, did you know that this movie was also was going to was not originally bolt it was American Dog? I did not know. Okay. So, it was American Dog. It was created by Chris Sanders, who co-directed Lilo, who's, who's also the creator and co-director of Lilo and Stitch, which I really like that movie. Um, and same storyline, but um there were different location and character changes. So, the dog was named Henry, and it the Henry dog looked more like Stitch. And Mittens was named Ogo, and it was a male cat who had, he had an eye patch, and he was like a mechanic in a junkyard. Um, and then Rhino, the hamster in Bolt, was really an oversized radioactive rabbit. <laughs> and uh, and it took place like in the in the desert of the American Southwest, like you know, like um, like the Midwest South was like like uh, like Radiator Springs, like cars, okay. like out there. And um, so that was kind of like. It, I don't know what it was about, but that was the setup. And then um, they Sanders was off the project, however way. Um, Chris Williams and Byron Howard came on. Lasseter came on and they just kind of like reworked the entire thing. And then it became Bolt. So um, it's interesting that that's a weird way to go. That's quite a rework. Right, I, don't yeah. know, I know that a lot of Lasseter films go through quite oh, a bit yeah. of change. Well, we talked he, about Meet the Robinsons. Right. Like that's just par for the course. I mean... I know there were a lot of differences in the original idea for Wally. Um, the Good Dinosaur is famous for how different that became from when it was originally announced. Well, doesn't movies go through a lot of evolution? Well, the Pixar changes. movies do. The Pixar movies, like I may come up with an idea, but it's workshopped with like a whole five bunch of other people. Yeah, and right. And they animators. they basically almost like a formula. They break down the plot. What's this going to be about? The story arcs. They like kind of like manufacture. Uh, a lot of that stuff. Right. And not in a bad way, though, in a no. very interesting way that's very unique to their their process. It's just what they do. Mm -hmm. um, everyone has a hand in creating the story. Mm -hmm. Even if one or two people get the story credit, it's really all of Pixar. But I feel like that's maybe John Lasseter, now that he has a heavier hand in terms of when Bolt came in. Yeah. He probably tried to do that with Disney Animation Studio as well. He does not have a heavier hand now. Not anymore. Dude, he is not. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what he's doing, but I know it's not a lot. No. And, you know. Deservedly so, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's not he's not involved anymore. So yeah. So that was my big note. That that was my one note that I thought I thought you actually might have that. I thought you might be like I know about that. Did you know that? Oh, go ahead. I you do feel like I remember somewhere in the back of my mind, I do have like this image of a different anime, like a different drawn version of Bolt. Right. And it might have been like watching a documentary about Bolt went before it came out. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But I had forgotten by now. Did you know that Chloe Grace Moretz was the original voice of Penny and performed all her work before they got rid of her and, and replaced her with Miley Cyrus? Well, that is also very much like Meet the Robins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess because Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana at this time. Right. So I guess that's why you put her in there. But Chloe Grace is also a lot younger than Miley. When did I, I can't remember when because she was in um, Little Miss Sunshine, right? Was that her? No, that was Abigail. Okay. Presley. Then she was in, she's in Zombieland. No, that's also, <laughs> that is also Abigail Breslin. She was in Let the Right One In. I'm an old man. I don't know where move, but people are in anymore. <laughs> uh, this time around now, she was in, has she even done Let the Right One In at that point? Yeah, well, I, I'm looking. I never saw the uh, remake because. She is still credited for Bolt in her IMDb. This was before she really did anything that was um, big. Well, I mean, I understand why you replaced her with somebody who is, uh, at that point, a huge Disney star in Miley Cyrus because, you know, Hannah Montana was all over the place, everywhere. Right. I also feel like at this point, she might be so young that her voice might have been a little too They did They replaced her because of, I, they replaced her because Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana. That's why they replaced her. Don't try to, don't try to sugarcoat it. This is the business. It could be, but it could not be. Who knows? You never know. People ain't coming. The kids ain't seeing this movie because John Travolta was the voice of Bolt. They're seeing it because Hannah Montana was the voice of Penny. Please. It's a it's a Disney kids movie. Kids are seeing it regardless. Kids are seeing it because parents are dragging them to it. 
It's a kids movie. We're it's a holiday kids movie. Family's coming. Let's go watch. It. I hear you. You don't I, need a name. Listen, I'm I'm there on the front lines when it happens. Who's, I get you. Who's your big name for uh, Inside Out? Uh, Amy Poehler. That's not kids aren't going Russian. Yeah, see but Andy Pixar's Poland. different. Here's the thing: Pixar's different. It's all Disney. Bing man. bong. That's why they're there for Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. No, Pixar's different. It's 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 they actually they do use voice they do use named voice talent, but they primarily use voice talent as first. They don't really base upon like who's in it. Yeah, I don't feel like Disney does. I don't think they need to. Now, I know I get that. I mean, I'm, look I, at Tangled. I mean, Moana. Yeah, you got the rock. Listen, but. I don't understand why you can't grasp the concept that they put Miley Cyrus in the movie because she was Hannah Montana I'm and saying, not the other way. Like, because, oh, you know what? She's just not that good. Let's go get that Miley girl. She's she's hot, right? She's big right now, right? Listen, I, it could be. It could not be. I'm giving an alternate take to your you're, suggestion. You're, uh, you are probably right, but I am giving. While I respect your it. alternate take, it is completely wrong. <laughs> called Disney Animation Studios. You know what? Maybe I will. And maybe I'll get hung <laughs> up on, but maybe I will. <laughs> um, so the crew adopted a hamster while they made this movie to like get the look of like the hamster. But but and that's fine. That's cool. What I take umbrage with is that they named the hamster Doink. Why do you name anything <laughs> Doink? That's not cool. <laughs> That's just that's completely out of bounds. Doink the that's hamster. That's completely disrespectful. Oh, that's you awesome. can't say doink in any way other than it being disrespectful to the person you're or, or animal that you're calling doink. Well, fun fact about that. My brother just got two puppies, uh, two Shiba Inu puppies. One of them's a boy and he's really kind of chunky. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm making it my mission to name him. His name is Stark right now. I'm trying to name him Chunk. Well, and it's on. catching on. Chalk? Chalk. Chalk? Chalk. Chalk. He's huge. Yeah. Chalk, like in From Goonies. Yeah. What, what's the other dog's name? Uh, the other dog's name is Pepper. So it's Stark and Pepper. Oh, come my on. Come on. So I am doing my best to give this dog a complex. Listen, I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Cinema podcast. But if he does, boo. Listen, Marvel man, you can't say that anymore. Uh, listen, that has not officially started, okay? <laughs> and I can't say that. And that so is Disney. Boo. We we although, he take it back. Although my Fields friend views do not represent podcast <laughs> as a whole. Um, although my uh, my buddy Adrian named his two cats. They named the Mulder and Scully, which I kind of thought was cool. You have a dog named Indiana. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a golden retriever, and it, it's it, it's completely respectful of the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, Indiana and, you know, in uh, Last Crusade was a husky. Every, every time I every time I see the dog, I say Indigo. They named the dog Indiana. <laughs> You're named after the dog. A lot of fun memories of that animal. <laughs> Listen, all of my animals are named after characters in, in, in movies. Uh, I'll go through them right now. The first dog we got, I named Buffy mm-hmm. for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The second dog we got, which passed away recently this, this year. Thanks, Mike, for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> was named Ripley uh, from Aliens or Alien and all the other Alien franchise movies. Uh, then you know about Indiana. Uh, we call her Indy. Sometimes I'll call the dog uh, Henry Jones Jr., Dr. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Um and that, although the although my wife calls the dog Bones sometimes, and I'm like, that's not the dog's name. I don't know why she. I, I think because instead of oh. Indiana Jones, they go Indiana Bones. Oh, that's how she right. tags it on. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And then we just the new dog, the the dog we got like maybe 16, 17 months ago. We named Leela from Futurama, and uh, yeah. So, but I didn't name the rabbits or the guinea pigs, so I can't take uh, credit for those. Yeah. So, but that was what I told. I, I said you can have as many dogs as you want, but I get to name them. So that, that's how it's worked out so far. It's time to get three more dogs. No, we're good. <laughs> uh, every, uh, this podcast gets interrupted every time by the old dog barking all the time. I got to put it in a room. <laughs> I told you you should have had them all guest star. <laughs> what do you think about Bolt? <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Did you get the Galaxy Quest reference in the movie? Mm. Terrible Butler. When? And you like this movie. So when um, I think it's. I think it's when they leave the um, trailer park. Rhino yells Larek Tareth, the uh, the Mokhtar chant of strength from uh, from Galaxy Quest. I not get that. Come on, Butler. Where are you on this? I might not be a big enough Galaxy Quest fan. Galaxy Quest has gotten like, I, I like that movie, but like it's gotten like, it's blowing up everywhere. Oh, Everyone's just f- talking about it constantly. There's a documentary coming out of it. No, I know. The guys that did... Um, I think the guys that do honest trailers uh, did it. Oh, not, really? Not that I'm trying to get a kind of like, you know, shout out, but yeah, I think they did it. But yeah, no, cause they, cause actually no, we're showing it. Yeah. Yeah. We're showing it one night. When are we showing that? I don't know. Yeah. It's coming out. 
It's this year. I know it's not 2020. I know it's this year. By the time this is out, it'll probably have come out. So now I'm going to ask you something pretty serious here. Okay. Did you cry at the end? I cried. I actually cried three times this time, but I cried at the beginning and the end. Hold on. Hold on. In this viewing for this, sh- for in this, this viewing for this. Okay, thing. so I'm at, when did you cry I'm in the at, beginning? What part of the beginning? When she buys a dog. It got to me the first time. It got to me this time. Do you have a dog? Uh, not anymore. No. Why don't you get a dog? I have very little space and very little money. I am actively. I am probably going to get a dog this year, but it's it's going to be rough because I don't have. <laughs> Pun intended. But I'm bumped. This has been Forgotten Cinema. Thanks a lot, folks. Bye. Oh yeah. <laughs> So if anybody wants to fund uh, uh, uh fund a dog, go fund me. You can, you can go um, <laughs> dogs. You, if even if you go get a shelter dog, it's like four hundred dollars to adopt or yeah, something like that. It's up there. I mean, I I've always grown up. Well, I I've had an Australian cattle dog, but I generally have grown up with old English sheepdogs. Sure. So I really want an old English sheepdog, especially now that my brother did not get one. Mm-hmm. I want to continue. And the he family. named these dogs an atrocity because <laughs> I want to continue the family tradition of of an old English sheepdog. Okay. But then the stipulation is I also need to get a Siamese cat with the old English sheepdog. That's dog your fiance. Fiance has always grown up with Siamese cats, which are the only type of cat I've ever enjoyed. Man, Siamese, Siamese cats, cats are untrustworthy. Oh, they're no just because the lady yes. is a tramp. Yes. But in reality, they're actually the closest cats I've ever met to dogs. They come when you enter and they get happy to see you. They guard your door at night. They actually want to cuddle and like. Play. How many Siamese cats have you witnessed do this? Uh, four. Okay, that's fine. Then. I guess it's, <laughs> uh, that's an okay sample size. And now they have Maine Coons at her house, which are fun, but not quite. What as do you have nice. at your house? Uh, my my fiance's parents have Maine Coons. Maine Coons? I've never gi- heard of those. They're gigantic. Uh, cats? Very, very hairy cats. Yeah. Um, which are close-ish to Siamese, but they're more skittish. They're right. kind of classic cats. But I want to talk about Bolt. <laughs> you brought up my dog. No, thing. I know, I know. But I, yes, I, I, I do know. cry at the beginning when she buys a dog. It's just like I said, I, I have strong connections with all the dogs. Sure, I've sure, had. Sure. So when she buys a dog, and it's like, oh, and it's like the connection. And then of course, yeah, at the end, if you don't cry at the end of Bolt, you're a monster. <laughs> Did uh, you cry at the end of Bolt? Which what, what are we talking about? When they're at the house? At the end of Bolt, when he decides, I'll die with my human. And he oh goes, oh oh okay. you're talking about when he rescues her right. okay yeah no I teared up it was good exactly yeah I, gotcha. I, I, I don't gotcha. see how you can't like when I he understand. goes okay yep I was just figuring out I was trying to figure out which end that's all oh, yeah. yeah that's all the end is nice but that's that's where I'm like okay sure you've already cried and you've you wiped your tears and then and then yeah the ending yeah. happy it's oh it's, it's happy you're all right in let's the go. kitchen wiping your tears down as the movie's ending yeah, you didn't pause it. <laughs> <laughs> he's dying with this person it's okay brother it's okay to cry let it out let it out it's completely all right i will say this though that agent is not nice oh, he's the like worst. he's really bad like i was like like he's really bad like even for like for a kid's movie like he's like irredeemable like bad well i also know he's a bad agent like yeah. oh we're gonna take this conversation we're gonna put a bolt in it you're you're not the boss yeah i know you're working for her, Penny. If Penny didn't have a job anymore, you don't have a job. Yeah. You're not getting paid. So if she wants to take home Bolt for a, a weekend, it's your job to go to the director and say, hey, let's maybe have her take it. Well, that's your job to try. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that, that this maybe this is a commentary on somebody's agent somewhere when they did this. I'm sure Miley's agent loved watching that part <laughs> of the film. <laughs> is that about me? <laughs> I love... I I also like the fact that like the the set went up quick fire wise like that's bad set safety like oh, there's absolutely. like nobody around like you have open flames there's nobody around ready to I know this is a kids movie again it's animated so. <laughs> but yeah no I I was like nobody's uh, ready to go nobody there no fire ex- no yeah. fire yeah. Uh, extinguisher system everyone at all everyone just runs and leaves Penny dangling <laughs> oh those guys came and tried to help her oh that's true that's and then true. she dropped and they lost track of her they're like ah forget it <laughs> <laughs> she dropped she must be good right yeah absolutely. listen uh, I gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, what else? Did anything else jump out at you? I mean, a lot of the comedy, like I said, a lot of Rhino's lines are just great because of how it, how into it he is. Like a lot of, like, um, ring, ring, who is it? Destiny. I've been expecting your call. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs. The road will be rough. I have a ball. There's no turning back. Guess I'll have to roll with the punches. Easy won't be part of the equation. Promise. Gotta warn you. Going into the belly of the beast. Danger at every turn. I eat danger for breakfast. You hungry? Starving. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Um, Did you like half expect like the voice to just be Josh Gad at that point when when the movie started? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like that's just. Is that are we what been trained and conditioned now? now? Yes. <laughs> because, because of Frozen and everything else that he's in? It's Josh Gad. Yeah. It's not it. Who's this guy? 
So does it sound like it? So we have to make a we have to make a case why this is forgotten. Because, you know, it made a lot of money. So that's really not that doesn't fall in our favor here. Uh, like why like why pick this movie? Why did we pick this movie? Well, A, we needed an animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> but B, it's I'm trying not to reveal what goes on behind the curtain here, brother, right? <laughs> I think when um I don't remember who put Bolt has always been on our list. It has been, it's been on there for a while. Um I just a lot of times I put I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt did you. Did you put ahead. I don't remember who put it on there. I don't know, but a lot of times I'll put movies on there when I don't ever really talk about them. Like when we don't have conversations. Like there's movies that we'll always talk about. Right. I'll always reference. And I always remember like a movie like Bolt where I'm like, I like that movie. And then I'm like, why doesn't, why don't I ever see that movie? I don't know. I think that's the whole thing is like when we're talking Disney, we're talking, usually, obviously you're talking Pixar. But then again, like when we were talking about Disney before, we were talking about Moana. We were talking about Frozen. We're talking about Tangled. Uh, Bolt just never seems to come into the equation. I don't know if it's because it's. Well, how about this? I'm sorry, but how, how about this? Like I went to Disney World this year. And I've been, good for you. Thanks, man. And uh, right before Star Wars opened, I really don't care about Star Wars as much as you do. Well, guess what, Butler? I'm gonna go back, and I'm gonna make sure I go back just for you. And I'm gonna be <laughs> like, oh, I think only pictures with Disney. I'm gonna be like, oh, the Star Wars experience. I'm gonna get a lightsaber. I'm gonna Star Wars the heck out of that. But anyways, that's me. All for you. Listen, <laughs> I do vindictive well. Um, but what I was saying was that when I went down to Disney World. Uh, this time, and I think I went like three or four years ago with my kids. I didn't go down alone with my children. There are, I didn't see one bolt thing down there, one thing with bolt, but I saw tons of Lilo and Stitch. And like, even like we stayed at the Polynesian, and that's like, you know, I can see that big, big No, 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 but I know I get you, but like Lilo and Stitch, even when you go into the, um, the Disney World anywhere, Lilo is everywhere. I think, or Stitch is everywhere, excuse me. I think like Stitch. Has a big tie. Like people love Stitch. Love like buy his stuff. Buy the you know any kind of memorabilia with Stitch on it. I think, but like Bolt, no. And I think I, that maybe that's why. Maybe I'm thinking forgotten in terms of forgotten. Like 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 you said with the Pixar stuff. Like Pixar stuff is so good that it kind of overshadows a lot of these movies that are decent, right? But are lumped with maybe the lower, not the lower end, but the other Disney animation movies. Like kind of like Meet the Robinsons. Well, do you think that maybe it's the marketing then? Maybe. Because here's my thing about Bolt, which I kind of put down. He's a white German shepherd. Yeah. Like, I, I looked up picture. I have a picture up now because I had to look it up. Like, I've never really heard of the type of dog Bolt is. Maybe if he was a more familiar breed of dog, do you think maybe it would do better? Maybe market-wise, he's not as marketable being an unknown breed? Honestly, I would think I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me at all if a lot of the stuff is based upon how well they do in sales in terms of their products afterwards, in terms of stuffed animals and plushies right. all that stuff I mean, look at cars honestly right. cars is the weakest of the pixar movies mm-hmm. but it's probably the oh, most boys love in it. terms of merchandise boys because love it's cars. it yeah that's and why so, that's butler we're not saying anything anybody doesn't know exactly yeah i know the reason why cars two cars three planes planes and all, uh was it fire engine planes whatever that was planes planes and then uh, there was one more that yeah. came out afterward those movies are out because those toys sell and exactly. boys love those and that's if Bolt was business. an actual German Shepherd, if Bolt was a golden retriever, if Bolt was um, a pit bull, something that people recognize. A pit bull? I, I, I I'm just thinking of dogs that could be heroes, like tougher dogs. Like, would he? Would Bolt have been? Would we see a Bolt too? Would we see more Bolt merchandise? I don't know. Would it be remembered? I think maybe that maybe part of the reason why I'm saying it's forgotten. Maybe you're saying it's forgotten is because it doesn't have any legs beyond the movie itself in terms of merch. I mean, like. I but I get ten plushies of bolt and I get ten plushies of Stitch and I put it at the theater and I, I put a you know ten dollar sign out there. Stitch is going to get sold. Absolutely, I, I, it's just it's it's ridiculous how much Stitch is down there. And I'm thinking to myself, where's I I know they've made sequels. They made like three. They did Lilo and Stitch. I know they did a cartoon show on. Disney they did Li, they did Lilo and Stitch. They did Lilo and Stitch two. Then they did Leroy and Stitch, which was another. Yeah, I know. And then they had the they had the TV show. And then I think they even have another one. But regardless of there's that, a li- I know there's a live action one planned. Yeah. I mean, but the, the the first one and not that I want to, not that I want to start talking about Lilo and Stitch, but the first Lilo and Stitch has a really uh, touching, thorough theme line with the parents and Ohana. Ohana means family. No one gets left behind. That kind of stuff. Gotcha. With in terms of with Bolt, Bolt doesn't really have that. Bolt just is like the dog is lost. Dog's I feel gotta like get back. it's if you don't own a dog. Right. 
you're not going to understand the through line to the movie that that, sure. that human dog connection. Sure. If you've never owned a dog or it's been a long time or you're a cat person. Yeah. Um, cause this is definitely not a pro cat movie. <laughs> we all got dog complexes, right? Cats. <laughs> uh, you're not going to, I think, remember Bolt as fondly. That through line doesn't sure. resonate. Whereas like you said, with Leo and Stitch family, everyone's got family. Well, yeah, no, well, my wife loves the Ohana, you know, uh, line because she actually she does like posters of it and stuff mm-hmm. like that but what but also with both i think that it's not just about getting to your human they also need to put in there the fact that bolt has to have a crisis of of, of who he is a crisis of self like because right. he's not superhero bolt so he needs so he's not only there so there's two now in there it's okay to be your true self what i'm but what i'm saying is maybe having two in there which are two big themes right maybe that's one too many it is true because yeah. they do my note is once he has that crisis he solves it he gets over it really really quick. fat because you got to get to the other crisis exactly right. and you you're squeezing it into an hour and a half movie right he realizes when he gets captured by the um the dog catcher mm-hmm. and the door opens when um rhino opens the door instead of his superpower opening the door oh man i'm not a superhero oh penny needs or not which penny. is a weird time to figure that yeah. out yeah mittens needs you okay i'm gonna hero up Mm-hmm. And just be like the dog that I, the best dog I can mm-hmm. be. Problem solved. Yeah, it, it's quick because it needs to get to the other one. And I think maybe that's why maybe one too many, but also maybe that that's why it doesn't really connect as much as a, a movie like Lilo and Stitch, which is very strong. Like the, the, Throughout the no one gets film. left behind. That theme is very strong in that movie. And it's the one solid theme that theme that everything is based upon. I'm talking about Lilo and Stitch, which is right. why I think it resonates with a lot of people. Plus, plus Stitch is cute as heck. So, you know, with Bolt, I mean, again, like you said, it's a dog. Everyone's seen dogs before. If you're not a dog person, you're not going to really relate to it in terms right. of like, right, exactly. But all, I think also get trying to get over something that's really quick, which should take most of the movie. And it's a weird time for him, for Bolt to figure out that he doesn't have superpowers when the hamster opens the, the latch. But there are scenes that they cut out that they had initially storyboard where like Bolt gets beat up, like like two Dobermans chase him in an alley and really beat him up, but it was too dark. And then there's another scene where there's another, it was just too dark. So they had to take it out. So they had other scenes in there, but they opted to just kind of do it the way they did it in the movie. I think if you added those scenes in, maybe like find a way to lighten them up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch yeah. him get like, no, you, nobody wants to see that. No one wants to watch an uncomfortable scene. In I can't watch movie. Turner and Hooch anymore. I can't, I can't watch because of the end. Yeah. Dog does. <laughs> But like if you have him fail a little bit more, a little bit more of Rhino saving the day or Mitten saving the day. Sure. And then at the end, Bolt saves Penny. Mm-hmm. That would work. Better. OK. But you have Bolt accidentally or purposely be the hero regardless. Yeah. Or just have a great time mm-hmm. being by himself. Yeah. Which it, 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 it works, but it doesn't. For the story, but it doesn't work for your theme. Right. Right. No, I, I, I agree. So yes. let's uh, we're going to wrap this up. But I'm going to ask you one question, not about Bolt, <laughs> but in general. Okay. So of all the movies you've ever seen. Okay. Uh, maybe TV shows too. What is the saddest you have been in terms of a dog in a movie or TV? Oh, yes, that's right. We're going to get real. I already know mine. Uh, Hooch getting, I mean, getting I, got is pretty, I, it's pretty I, high I, up I already there. know mine and I will tell you mine because it's... Hey, uh, you, go, you go first. Right. This is not... Anything new, and I'll tell you what, most guys probably are going to know what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the Jurassic Bark episode of Futurama. That, That's when the rough. dog waits, and the dog waits for a fry, I'm I, right now talking about it, it's bothering me. I it's, guess it's, <laughs> I will, that's probably my number one, because other ones, you know, you tear up, you cry during the movie, yeah, you get yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jurassic Bark episode, you don't expect it. It's so from an sad. Like that. It's so sad. And I remember thinking about it. I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up the next day <laughs> thinking about it. It's it's tough. And you know, I know Futurama tried to retcon it. They did. And like add like, yeah. oh, but then he met yeah, Future Fry came back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you, you screw it up. But originally that was the saddest yeah, episode was. of all time. It was. Oh, he must have had a great life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, come on, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But <laughs> but that's mine. But go ahead. What what's yours? That's rough. Um, Stop using puns. <laughs> sorry, I just used the word. <laughs> um, I know. I know. My fiance's biggest one is Homeward Bound when Shadow comes back. Okay. Oh, he was too old. I can I can actually just like hum the theme for when, <laughs> and she actually starts tearing up just hearing the theme. Um. 
You might have just made her cry right now. I might have. She's listening to this right now going, oh, God. Damn you, Mike. He was too old. He was just too old to make the truth. <laughs> Why are we laughing? I don't know. Um, it's got, it's probably, I mean, Marley and me, I can't watch. Uh, just because it's so like I never watched it. There's now it's come I've to the point now where like, I don't watch. Yeah, and I've I've, I've I've I can't watch this. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's just yeah. a natural because that's because that's, that's really yeah sad. exactly it's exactly if that's, that's true for everything. I had um, to deal with that this year. I had to sit yeah, there and watch. It's, it's tough. It, it is, is tough. But it, yeah, there's I'll see movies and like I know Jody will see movies. She's like, nope, not watching that because <laughs> you know she's like, so I'm going to die. I go, what if I know? What if I tell you the dog doesn't die in this movie? She's like, no, okay. Um. It's got to be, it's got to be Hooch when Hooch dies. Turner and Hooch, yeah. Turner and Hooch, because you do you get watch the, him get yeah. shot, and it's like other things. It's off screen, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. that's just really sad. I will say, because Tom Hanks was good in that scene, even though you know there's the scene the movie's he, got, even though he now wants yeah, to disown everything yeah, that's yeah, a comedy which, that he's ever done. Yeah, which I can't stand. There's the show um, that was on FX called Wilfred, oh, as well, and it was oh, a stupid God. show. I mean, I liked the show, but sure, it was sure, it was sure. stupid, but. The end of that's really sad too, because you find out it was all in his mind. Okay. And he is the uh, Wilfred's owner is actually too upset to stay in the room with Wilfred. And the last scene, it's Elijah Wood's character finally realizing Wilfred was just a dog yeah. and sitting with him in his final hours as he's put to sleep. Okay. That was really tough too to watch. So Elijah Wood was crazy in this movie. In the show. Yeah, the it show. Turned out he was he was mostly crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might actually have a dog god in his head, but okay. that dog was actually just a dog. So the last scene, and you don't see that very often in movies, like the actual putting to sleep of an animal. So that got that got to be the end of that episode. Wasn't that based on a TV show in Australia? Yes. And they did the same ending? Uh, no, the ending was a little more obscure, I think, for the Australia one. They okay. didn't give you a clear cut. Okay. Yes or no. All right. But that was that was rough, too. I would say, though, that those would be my tops. Okay. Fair, fair enough. So now that we've depressed everybody and got everyone sad, <sighs> join us next week. <laughs> We're going to be doing the 2010, uh, I guess it's horror movie. Is it a horror movie? Action, horror action. I think it's a horror action. I've never seen it. Really? I put it on the list because, and you know. I'll tell you why, next episode. <laughs> Ooh. So we're doing Rare Exports. It's, it was called Rare Exports, and now it's called Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. But it's basically about a Santa Claus that eats kids. So that's going to be it next week. <laughs> Hope you like. <laughs> 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 hopefully uh, any kids have turned this off by now um yeah so thanks for listening oh do we need to plug anything like us yes who cares i don't know when do we have an episode of a crossover coming out i have no idea i'll add it later uh, forgotten cinema podcast.com that's our website forgotten cinema pod at gmail.com that's our email you can hit us up on twitter facebook instagram i'm sure we've got a new commercial out because we're like big time into commercials now and yeah. videos <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. He was just too old. Oh, Peter, honey. Peter.